This Advent for my family is extremely special because my family is expecting literally any second now the birth of my little niece. And I am so excited to finally meet her. My whole family is anticipating her arrival. And we are and have been vigilantly watching for the signs of when she might decide to show up and arrive. Over Thanksgiving, my sister started to have contractions. And we were like, wow, this is it. This is the moment. This is the time. We got to go right now. And so we rushed up to her house in Northern Virginia, and then nothing. It was a false alarm. But we were vigilant. We were ready for that little baby. It wasn't quite the time, but we were ready, and we were vigilant. That's pretty much what the church is doing right now, liturgically, as an entire body of believers as we enter into the season of Advent. We are all re-encountering the mystery of Christ coming to us. He is on his way. We don't know when he's going to come. We might look around and we might see some signs here and there that might suggest he's closer than he's ever been before. But until that finally happens, we need to remain vigilant so that, as he says in our gospel today, we can stand erect with our heads held up high when he finally does show up. Vigilance. It is so important for us to stay vigilant. Joseph and Mary also were vigilantly watching and waiting for God to act in this world. They were waiting their entire lives. They were waiting with all of the faithful of Israel, the chosen people of God. They were waiting for the arrival of the Messiah because Joseph and Mary heard the same words that we just heard read and proclaimed to us this morning from the prophet Jeremiah. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise that I made to the house of Israel and Judah. The days are coming. God's Messiah is on the way at last to visit the house of Israel. Little did Joseph and Mary know, however, that it would be their literal house in which all of this would take place. Think about that for just a moment. God made a promise to the house of Israel, to the entire family of Judah. And Joseph and Mary were that house. They were that little family. In those days, in that time, I will raise up for David a just shoot, a brand new growth. Hope will spring up. Here we catch a glimpse at the reality of the incarnation in those particular days, in that particular time, in the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, a particular virgin, betrothed to a very particular, most chaste spouse. Vigilance, joyful vigilance, prepared Joseph and Mary for their mission. 
their mission to welcome within their family, within the four walls of their humble little home, the Word made flesh. Be vigilant at all times, Jesus tells us in our gospel today, and pray. Pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent, and then to stand before the Son of Man. Do you hear that? Jesus exhorts us to be vigilant. Why? So that we can receive him into our homes, just as Joseph and Mary watched and waited and had the grace and the overwhelming gift to receive Christ as the newborn infant, now we need to wait and to watch as well. And so my question to all of you this morning, especially for our families gathered here today, are your homes places of expectation and joyful vigilance? Are they places of vigilance? Because God does mean to act in your families as well. He wants to come in these days. He wants to come in this time, in your homes. Christ wants to take flesh in your own hearts, in the hearts of your children. Are you ready for that? It is your task to be vigilant and prepared for the grace of God to invade your homes, to land in full force within the walls of your house. That's what the catechism means when it keeps calling the family the domestic church. It's really a terrible illusion that we all kind of play into that seems to suggest that, that the church is separate from the rest of our life, that Sunday Mass is somehow isolated away from reality, that religion and all of the other activities we like to do are kind of partitioned apart from one another. That's a lie. No. God is calling you to be a joyfully vigilant family at all times, in all circumstances, no matter what you're doing. A family, he's calling you to be a family modeled after the holy family itself. A family that is unconditionally ready to say yes to God's presence and no to even the slightest trace of evil. Okay, so what does it mean to be vigilant like the Holy Family? Well, it seems to me that we need to be vigilant in three different ways. Three different ways that we are called to be vigilant like the Holy Family. So first, we need to be vigilant about external enemies that are really out there. The real enemies out there in the world coming for us and for our families. It's just the simple fact of the matter that there are spiritual and cultural forces currently very hard at work right now that are bent on tearing your family apart, bent on tearing your soul apart and your faith apart. 
There are ideas and philosophies out there that simply do not belong in your heart, in your family, in your mind, in our parish, and certainly not in the Catholic Church. And so I urge you all, be on alert, be vigilant to those real external dangers. The Holy Family was vigilant to the dangers that were outside of their home. St. Joseph, while he slept, learnt that King Herod was coming to try and kill the baby Jesus. He was vigilant to the dangers that were really out there, and he guarded the Holy Family. Today, we have bad theology, bad logic, and bad motives that are subtly, and unfortunately sometimes not so subtly, trying to smuggle themselves into the church. And very likely, some of those ideas and attitudes are already sneaking into our own homes. And I think that it's high time that we take that more seriously and really only invite Jesus into our homes. Nobody else, nothing else other than Jesus and Mary and Joseph and all the saints, only they are welcome in our homes. For too long, we've been carelessly unaware and indifferent to the inescapable fact. Our enemy, the devil, is prowling like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And guess what? That enemy is smarter than you. That enemy is more powerful and more cunning than you will ever be. You can't outsmart or overpower a demon on your own. But the good news is that you can remain vigilant. You can be aware and wise to his wily tactics. And you can run to safety, the safety of Jesus' wounds, the moment that you feel tempted, at the very first sign of trouble or weakness. Because in him, in Jesus, you can and will be victorious. And so I encourage you again, be vigilant for the sake of your souls and the souls of your kids. Be on guard. Fathers, make sure that you frequently bless your children. Make the sign of the cross over them each and every night, knowing, knowing, not guessing, knowing that there is an enemy of that child's soul working to keep them away from God. Pray prayers of spiritual protection over them. That is your God-given privilege and authority as head and father of the domestic church. That is a part of your basic job description. And so often men don't know that that's what they are supposed to be doing. Vigilantly defending and fighting for the sanctity of your home and everyone in it. Mothers, nourish your children with the pure truth of the one gospel. Cultivate an environment where prayer is very normal, not rare or weird. Kids need to see both of their parents praying fervently, or else they will not pray themselves. Educate and form your family to know right from wrong, so that when the enemies out there do come along, your children will be equipped to be vigilant. 
and to choose the good. Be vigilant and aware of what messaging your kids are consuming at home, in the classroom, and even at their friends' houses. Okay, so that's the first one. Enemies are out there. Be vigilant. The second one, the second way that we need to be vigilant as Christians is to be vigilant as to what is going on inside our hearts. There are external enemies out there, yes, but there's also the old man still living in us. Our fallen nature, our concupiscence, it's fundamental Christian teaching that due to the fall, we ordinary humans tend to choose things that are not best for us. We are prone to sin. And unless we come to grips with that fact and be vigilant to the real desires of our hearts, both the good and the disordered ones, then I'm sorry, but we will be sitting ducks to our own ideas and our own whims. We'll try really hard to justify ourselves and we'll end up making bad choices that impact our own souls and our families. We're all messes. We all have wounds. We all need to be more attentive and watchful of those inner movements of our soul so that we can bring it all to Jesus and let him love us there. Let him in. He's not embarrassed or grossed out by what's going on inside of you. He made you. He loves you. And he wants to heal you. So be very vigilant to what you are feeling. Be honest about your emotions, your anger, your fear, your anxiety, your shame, all of that stuff, that inner turmoil of your heart. Take a good, long, hard look at it. Bring your sins to the confessional and then be vigilant. Continue to be vigilant to what is happening in your life. I think that Mary shows us the way in this when we hear over and over in the gospel how she pondered these things in her heart. Free from original sin, Mary still honestly assessed and was well aware of what was happening in her heart. She knew herself very well, and so must we. So must we. Okay, so external enemies outside, some internal enemies inside. The third way that we are vigilant is to be vigilant to the Lord himself. Vigilant to the good. We need to be watching and waiting for him to come and act in our lives. I invite each of you to stay vigilantly fixed on Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. The mystery of the Eucharist is not only the center of our lives, but also the center of history, the center of all meaning. God gives us himself from the tabernacle. He dwells there. Words can't begin to reach how huge and how important that really is. I think that it's very encouraging that the U.S. bishops are about to undertake a country-wide effort to renew devotion to the Most Holy Eucharist. I think it's, it's desperately needed now because when we are vigilant 
to the Lord's real presence in the liturgy, in the Eucharist, we are transformed. Our families are renewed and rooted in truth, goodness, and beauty. I was just reading in the Consecration to St. Joseph book, I'm rereading it for the end of the year of St. Joseph, that Joseph and Mary in their home at Nazareth had the first perpetual adoration chapel. Jesus was with them, wasn't he? And they contemplated him constantly. Their house was a house of adoration. Don't be so easily fooled by the stillness and the silence of the tabernacle. It is actually the most active, the most life-filled place on the planet. So try going to adoration sometime. Stay still and silent long enough to find out for yourself that Jesus is alive and that he is speaking. Bring your kids with you. Point to the monstrance and say, there's Jesus. He's right there. That's who you desire. I often wonder, why is our parish throughout the week so often pretty empty? Why is Jesus so often left alone in the tabernacle? Why don't we, why don't I feel more inclined to just pop in and say hello, empty ourselves of all of those anxieties, all that drowsiness that Jesus speaks of, to pour all of that out in his presence, even if it's just for a few minutes. All the saints down through the centuries know full well that the most powerful moments of a lifetime happen in front of the Eucharist. And so, families, be joyfully vigilant. Stay awake. Watch. There's a lot that is against you right now. But as Pope St. John Paul II once put it so bluntly, as the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. We need vigilant families. So ask Joseph and Mary to protect and renew your family, to make you all more vigilant to the enemies outside, to what's going on in your heart right now, and to the Lord who comes to save your soul.